0: over the last couple of months about what it really means to be a of what it really means to be a Christian, because that word, Christian, has taken out so many of great connotations and meanings that really are so far from what is true and so far from freedom. We've been looking at the Book of Galatians to help us with more activities really rich passage, but likely a, a lesser than in passage. I had no recollection of it when I first turned to it to so start preparing for today. It's not a super capable picture. It's a really pretty Instagram graphic. It's deep, meaningful, but honestly hard to understand for us to learn our first century views. Without the full context, So I want to read the passage of this book and break it down along the way. So we will first tell them, Let's see. It's something like this. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? So, Paul, we talked about this the whole series, he does not enter. He just goes in for it. He does not play around. He does not sugarcoat. He does not tiptoe. He doesn't walk on eggshells. He doesn't care about the eggshells. He's just annihilating the eggshells. And although what I'm about to talk about is secondary to his primary message, I think it's really relevant for our time in history. And so I think it's really important to stop here and talk about speaking with intensity. Especially speaking with intensity in the... So Paul's intensity, when he uses phrases like this, you know, he asks these really hard questions, kind of, they can kind of hop on those texts. He he, he goes for it. Telling you who want to be under the law are you not aware of what the law says, and he he just kind of goes for it, but his intensity is only other than Paul is intense because his love for these people is intense. He so desperately wants them to watch in the freedom that they have access to. He so desperately wants them to know who God is, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he wants them to know who they are because of all that God is. Paul loves these people more than he wants himself, and he isn't saying these things to, like, come in, make a point, and walk away. He isn't using intense language to be seen and to be heard. He isn't thinking, in love, to people who love, in an attempt to lead them closer to the One commentary I read, I did like this, it's like, Paul's soul recoils in horror from such an idea that it's curing the vital truth of the all-sufficiency of Christ's recitation. Paul knows. Of so, he knows that abundant life and peace and joy and hope come from Jesus Christ's kingdom. And he's mad and he's sad and he's fortified. that these people he likes, he has come to know and understand. Everyone's language is intense, and we're so quick to want the sense of kind of sin and others. We need to look to see That's amazing. Of keeping up because we want others to know truth and be free, or because we want others to know best and be impressed. Do we rebuke anyone and everyone we disagree with, regardless of whether we even had a conversation with that person, regardless of whether we know anything about them or their stories? is our Intensity can be beautiful and effective, as Paul shows us, but intense language, especially in the name of Jesus or on behalf of the gospel, if it is spoken out of any motivation other than love, it will only lead people further away from Jesus and not particularly. Words spoken in love to people who love in an attempt to lead them closer to God only the only way that we make a positive and in and the rest. only and the only and the only Intensity the only by the only and 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 the and the positive and for it is written that Abraham and the One by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the fault, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine covenant. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and there's children who are to be slaves, Now are Hazai stands for Mount Sinai. that the Jewish one that is above is free, and see is not Okay, so these verses are full of names and imagery it would have made perfect sense to Paul. actions. The story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar is one that these people would have known like they made their own family But that's not true, but as we read all of these things, it's so important to to dig in and to, to see what the writer was writing about 1 Timothy So Abraham is the patriarch and forefather of human race. In Genesis, God calls Abraham and makes a covenant of grace with him, an unconditional covenant with Abraham that was for all people for all time. God promised that Abraham's descendants would outnumber the stars and that the whole earth would be blessed to him. But Abraham He and his wife Sarah were barren and not only that, but... to yes, her husband, Abraham, that he had relations with her maidservid, Jacob. He agrees. And Hazar gets pregnant with a baby boy. And although God allows life to grow, this is not the time that God promised. Now, the story of Hazar and her son, Ishmael, is sort of such a beautiful picture of kindness and faithfulness, even in our unbelief and unfaithfulness. That's part of their day. Today, what we are talking about, and whether that better way is that work or better. His eyes and the fruit of her will represent works and the love. It's tend to sound covenant and it's only fulfilled when we do something. And so, and the fruit of her will, represent a promise and grace. An unconditional Spurgeon is a preacher who lived and taught and pastored in the United Kingdom in the 1800s. And he was absolutely brilliant and so divinely equipped. He speaks thousands and thousands of sermons and books and published commentaries. All of which are really cataloged well online. And so if there are any that I want to dig into a little deeper, I honestly just go to Google and type in Spurgeon and it Spurgeon. out. Um, and out that he preached to sermon on this topic in March of 1856. So he is such a great job teaching on the law and grace, and the way he spoke it is so good that I just want to read the part of the Bourbon view. But I don't know that I'll deliver it with the same and I will not be doing it because an absolutely terrible <laughs> But I hope that it is impactful nonetheless. So this is what Bourbon asked about the law. And he says, the law was never intended to save men. It was only designed to be a handmaid to the covenant of grace. When God delivered the law on time and he delivered the Ten Commandments, it was a part from his idea that any man would ever be saved by it. He never conceived that man would attain perfect But you know that the law is a handmade handmaid to grace. Who is it not the law thundering in our ears? We would have never come to Christ if the law had not driven us there. We would have never known faith if the law had not revealed us. The law is so and handmade to sweep our hearts and make the dust fly so that we may cry for blood to be saved that the dust may be laid. The law is so to speak Jesus Christ God to go out. God's promise was, is, and always will be a promise of life, abundance, and fruitful. And God specifically chose Abraham and Sarah because of their barrenness to prove his power as a perfect person. Hagar represents the law because he was their attempt to... And even our attempts to get to his promised affection, and he uses our imperfect faith to bring us back to his perfect faith. The law reveals our sin and our infinity of imperfections to move us away from ourselves and closer to Jesus. He was the only. So in verse 27, Paul quotes a passage from the book of Isaiah, and again, this is a passage of his original audience would have known well. He recalls this promise from Isaiah 54, verse 1, and says, Be glad, barren women, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry alive. you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate women than of her who had going back to this idea of barrenness and fruitfulness, because Sarah was barren, and yet God promised that for us there, without number, the stars, and because barrenness to fruitfulness is the tale of the of time. It is the creation of three, the earth is formless and void, and then God doing the only God can do, and creating something of nothing, and not just... Daring is such a strong word. It's a painful word because it doesn't just mean something. Daring exposes depravity. It can cause life to the extreme. Desolation, complete seducation, there's nothing right there. But daring complete fruit life, life from death, is the promise of God. And it's a promise that only He can fulfill from the very beginning to the very end, that is God's unconditional promise to anyone who chooses to receive it. If you move closer to Jesus, you will know truth, and you will be free, and your life that was once barren because of sin will be fruitful. I allowed to with and overshadow with what is good and nourish. And that is why Paul is so fired up, because he wants that light for everybody, and he wants nothing to stand in the way of that right, especially the law, because the law isn't supposed to stand in our way, the law is supposed to offer us the arm and lead us to grace. It's the broom stirring up the dust, and it's the dog bringing us to the shepherd. Spurgeon also taught on Isaiah 54, right? Um, which is very bad. to be of the And I love how he breaks this. He says, now that you're really afraid of being there, you will be fruitful soon. And now that God makes you loathe to be without fruit, he will soon cover you with precious Of individuals and as a whole, worldwide church, the power of the Holy Spirit because of sin and the law, reveals our barrenness and our inability to do anything else, and helps us recognize that it is faithfulness to bring fruitfulness and barrenness right from death. So this portion of the passage ends with Paul reminding the church of their and as Children of promise. The same promise God made to Abraham and Sarah. He prayed them because of their barrenness and his due The promise is one of God's unconditional, unending, unwavering love for us. Love that is ours through grace and not worth. Love that has the power and ability to bring fruitfulness from barrenness. Love that and ability to bring life from death, now that has the power and ability to set us free from slavery. So what does this practice talk about what it means to be a Christian? What does it look like to be a follower It's recognizing to finish, even when you cannot begin to imagine how he can or will do it. It's trusting God to do what he says he will do and not do anything to help him except to move over to him. Being the Christian is having an Thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you allow us to get to know you. Thank you, God, that i to get to know you, to just see this depth,